Back on schedule. Well, technically it's not two. It's season two, episode two. 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 It's actually episode 12 in total, but we're going... So the way our seasons will work are just on Anchor FM. Um, It's a podcasting website that helps you post to Spotify, Um, but those are only the times that you see our season. So if you're always confused, like I don't see that on Spotify, it's because it's not actually on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are officially on episode 12 today. Um, So at the beginning of doing our podcast, we always introduced ourselves and we stopped doing that. I did notice that. (laughs) So who are you? I am Brittany. And I am Shannon. And we are... Sutherland girls um so Sutherland is our maiden name Mm -hmm. still true to our heart Mm -hmm. never gonna leave never gonna leave um yeah so we gotta get better at introducing ourselves (laughs) so that some people know if they start on number 12 they'll be like who are you yeah and then they'd have to find us on Instagram and follow us and you gotta start from the beginning the intro, I have gotten some feedback. The intro? Yeah, we have a new listener. And uh, they said that the flow between uh, the... Back and forth. Back and forth is so good. I'm like, oh, which would you listen to? And and they said, number one. And I'm like, like my, your my story? Yeah. No, the intro. It was great. I'm like, oh. was it short? What about the yeah. spider part? Did they enjoy that? Yes, they cracked <laughs> up about the spider one. If you yeah. haven't listened to our intro, it is hilarious. So... I do not like spiders. I don't, I'm don't. I'm not afraid of spiders. Mm-hmm. Now, people always are like, oh my gosh, why are you afraid of spiders? No, I don't like things that are creepy and crawly. You don't like bugs. I don't like bugs. Yeah, most girls don't like bugs. It's so not a big deal to me. By the way. It's not just spiders. Um, <laughs> mine. Uh, when I was doing the dishes tonight, I felt something. No. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think it's just a piece of hair. But my hair was up. And I pushed it back. And then all of a sudden, I felt on my right arm and I look down yep little baby spider <coughs> I'm like were you just crawling on my neck <laughs> just Ew. grabbed it and threw it down okay I have a story for you that I didn't tell you yet okay so we're in this new house but it's not new it's an old old house um and the one night that I'm not wearing my slippers which if you know me I have these brown Ugg slippers that I literally have on my feet every second of the day that I'm at my house you're like Mr. Rogers with those I you you know as soon as you get home shoes are off slippers are on yeah so I'm always have them on and this one night it happened like I think it was two weeks ago um and I wasn't wearing them in the bathroom and I was brushing my teeth washing my face putting the serums on and I'm like oh my gosh my foot kind of like itches like there's like it feels like something like a hair uh-huh, uh-huh. or a fuzz. I look down and there's a silver fish <gasps> crawling on my foot and I freak out because, well, one, I thought it was a hair, you know, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh huh. Uh huh. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. So it didn't come off my foot until I shook right. my foot and then jumped and don't ever squish way. one of those. Oh, gosh. Well, it, I squished it. It turns it. to like powder. 
Ew. I know. I know. Ew. It's just a thing. It's moisture. They like moisture. They like closets. They like where clothes are, things like that. So we have to have, because this house is Cardboard. so old, we have to have um, those moisture packs in mm-hmm. all of the closets. Yes. So that's like really annoying. What are you thinking about getting those like oak hanging oak things? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oak chips. Did anyone hear that? <laughs> that was it's psycho mode. Oh, because she came running in. Do you see her? She's in psycho mode because she just finished dinner. So she got, she's got all this energy that she needs to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Just um, like a little kid. Okay, so what did you do last week? What since uh, actually, it's only been so dry. two days since the episode dropped because we record early. We record a couple days before they drop. Yeah. Did you get any feedback about? our episode back with daddy yes i have um i don't i know you were super busy this week um but i did see on our instagram we got a few messages people loved it (laughs) they loved the uh interview style really yeah you did a really really good job oh my gosh um and they thought his stories were hilarious especially people that follow us that are his age yeah. That thought his story, like the flying saucer, UFO, yeah. whatever he called it, the street light Superman, they thought was hilarious. That's totally something like that kids that are like roaming around the neighborhood do. Uh-huh. Uh, one of our listeners, my bestie, she said that she wants to teach her grandson that. She no, was like, she, that's yeah. so not safe. Robin, that comes to our, she comes, she's like, oh, we have to do that next 4th of July or at, when oh. we go to the river. When we go to the river, we stay in the keys uh-huh. and what the keys is in the at the river is like uh, it's a bunch of houses that have like a canal flowing everybody okay. has everybody's backyard goes to the canal so they call it the keys okay and um it would be really easy to do in the keys and drop it down on boats as they come through oh. <laughs> so i don't know we're in our 50s you're gonna and we're do children. the the ufo, the UFO one. one not oh the gosh. superman you'd like i was like jump how are you gonna do boat. that <laughs> <laughs> although you know i'd probably do it no let's not do that um, so that was our feedback. Another, um, listener, um, because we talked about our book that we're going to do, um, ordered the book. Yay. So exciting. Because Which I meant to link it and I'm really sad that we can I link forgot, it now. but we'll this episode now. we're going to link it. We're going to talk about chapter one to chapter four. So she bought it. She said, order the book. Can't wait. And I'm like, oh, because I know. I've known her for so many years. We've known her as a family for so many years that it's really going to be good for her because she's gone through a lot. And, and I mean, she's gone through a lot the whole time we, we've known her, but she really stepped out of her comfort zone and changed her life. And she's just really, you know, thriving now. So yeah. I think it'll be really good for her. I personally haven't listened to the episode yet because I stayed up really late editing it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've already listened to it, but I'm definitely going to listen to it because you know, when you have a conversation with someone and you know, they take a lot of pauses because their stories, like dad's stories are really funny. Yeah. But if you know him as a storyteller, he takes a lot of pauses and in real laughs life. in, real, in life. real life. Yeah. And yeah. then laughs because he's thinking about the story, the like memory. replaying it in his head. Mm-hmm. So I had to take a lot of those pauses out. Um, so it like flowed a little bit better and we weren't all sitting there for two hours listening to our podcast. But um, yeah, it, I was dying like almost 1am in the morning editing and I'm dying laughing. <laughs> like I cannot believe we recorded this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to jump into our book. Let's tell them again what book it is. And Okay. So the book is called 
13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. We are going to talk about chapter one to four and I'll start off with chapter one, but I honestly, I'm, I've pulled a couple pages and I, because I'm reading the book, I'm and highlighting. And I'm listening to the audio. Yeah. So I highlighted a whole bunch of pages and I'm going to um, talk about the pages from chapter one and then you'll talk about chapter two. I'll talk about chapter three and then you can talk about chapter four. Sound good? <laughs> I hope you didn't hear that. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> We're yes. drinking some tea. Are I'm you drinking the same tea? I'm a hot tea. No, I have peppermint. My organic oh, okay. peppermint tea that I have every single night before yeah, I go to bed. Yeah. So I'm going to have to like race home after this because <laughs> I'll fall asleep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just like that warm calming effect yeah. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just started drinking tea at the end of the day. So <gasps> I love it. I have it. stress relief right now. It has like ginger and like, um, I think it might have chai in it. I don't know, but it's stress relief tea. Mist- Even if I'm not stressed out, I like the taste of it. Okay. I think any tea really. I mean, you, of course you don't want to drink black tea at night because it has a this lot of caffeine. This one's not, doesn't have caffeine because, you know, stress, caffeine, not the uh, best mix. N- exactly. <laughs> Okay, so this book is really important to start at the very beginning. Like, introduction. I'm not one to read the introduction of books, but I, for some reason, wanted to read it, and then I got hooked. Um, So it starts off by telling her story about her life. She is a psychologist, and she found herself dealing with grief very early on. She had two people die really, really close to her at a very young age and very suddenly. So she has a lot of good advice for major things that are happening in your life. Mm-hmm. And okay, so it's an international bestseller book. Um, on the cover, it says, take back your power, embrace change, face your fears and train your brain for happiness and success. I thought that was just awesome. That yeah. little quote. Yeah. Um, but we're also going to talk about the quote from Inc. Um, Kick bad mental habits and toughen yourself up. Um, so that quote is, you know, used a lot. Like, oh, you just need to toughen up. Which Grow thicker skin. Yeah. Which is how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up. I don't, I don't want to. Um, well, I just won't tell you who said it, used to say it to me. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. But I was always told they do it because you cry. Mm-hmm. Don't let them see you cry and they won't do it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically making it my fault that they're doing it. And yeah. and that's how I felt as a child growing up is that they're doing it because because it's my fault what they're doing and saying to me, teasing mm-hmm. me. And so don't be a crybaby and they won't do it. Yeah. You know, and you don't always, be so sensitive is what they used to say. Yeah. To and me you always told time. me, um, don't let them see you react. Yes. So it, that's a better version than telling people to toughen up. So we're going to go into chapter one. Um, chapter one is called, They Don't Waste Time Feeling Sorry for Themselves. Um, so it begins with a story about a little kid getting in an accident and parents kind of babying him, but to the point where it's almost damaging his mental health. And these stories at the beginning of each chapter are her patient that she's dealt with or people that have really inspiring stories and overcome things that people who aren't mentally strong struggle with. 
Um, so it goes into talking about self-pity um, on page 18. Um, a quote that I liked was dwelling on your sorrow and misfortune is self-destructive. Um, so it kind of like keeps you in that negative thought. So the woe is me, the pity party. Yes. It, it's it's sucking you deeper in instead of lifting you out. Mm-hmm. So there's actual actual checklists that you can fill out in the book. So that you can recognize that maybe this chapter is about you. Like, we've already established which chapters are, are mostly us. It's funny that you say that because as I was going through it, I'm a little bit farther ahead. It was like, oh my gosh, I this is totally her. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is totally me. Like, mm-hmm. a chapter, not the whole book, but a chapter. Yeah. Now, you'll learn something from every single chapter. Yes. But yes. some chapters, like, go back and reread mm-hmm. because it'll really pinpoint where you're struggling yeah so i'm going to read off the checklist so that you guys can hear if maybe this chapter is something that it hits a chord with you um so the first one is you tend to think your problems are worse than any anyone else's if it weren't for bad luck you're pretty sure you'd have none at all problems seem to add up for you as a much faster rate than anyone else you're fairly certain that no one else truly understands how hard your life really is you sometimes choose to withdraw from leisure activities and social engagements so you can stay home and think about your problems you're more likely to tell people what went wrong during your day rather than what went well you often complain about things not being fair you struggle to find anything to be grateful for sometimes you think that other people are blessed with easier lives you sometimes wonder if the world is out to get you um so another quote on the this next page was even when you can't alter your circumstances you can alter your attitude and Again, this book is all about taking back your power, not letting things influence your day, your mood, um, anything that might bring fear to you to overcome that just so you can be happier in your life. So feeling sorry for yourself can buy time instead of taking action or moving forward. Exaggerating how bad your situation is justifies why you shouldn't do anything to improve it. And we know a lot of people that we are close with they ask for advice and we see that i as i listened to this chapter i really saw people that i've known throughout my life that did this that that fell into that hole where one thing went wrong and then they just complained about it so much or or got sucked into it and another thing went wrong and another it was like i don't want to be mean but to say these friendships with this type of personality could really be draining because mm-hmm. at first, you know, you're trying to help, you're trying to help, you're trying to lead, you're trying to, you know, support them. And mm-hmm. then it just gets to be exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I, I could, while she was talking about this in this chapter, I could see how easy it could be to get sucked into that. Yes. You know, that it's like a slippery slope. Yes, yes, yes. So you have to kind of like recognize and hear yourself when you're talking. So when I was reading this book, I was struggling and my career because if you know me you know I'm very motivated very driven and I've gone to school and completed everything that I could possibly complete that I've wanted to do I've done it you do everything at 110 percent yeah yeah which goes into chapter four which is hilarious it's hilarious well it's not but it is because it's me yeah (laughs) but um I i felt myself creating a pity party every time something would happen and I'm like but 
I worked so hard. Like, why is this happening? And I saw that very, very early on in this chapter. That was where I was, would say, you got to stop talking about this. Yeah. You're, you already went through the event and now you're still talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're stealing my power and my joy by it still stewing in well, me. And I'm you're creating also the slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Also because, you know, it's it's probably not best to talk about what's irritating you at work with your coworkers because you never know what could happen. <laughs> so you, for me, when I'm venting, I'm like, okay, I need to get it out because it's literally poison in me. You up. Yeah. But yeah. reading this chapter and the next three chapters, it's made me realize, like, I'm not letting this take any more time and energy from me. Okay, forget about it. Move on. And... A lot of the times this week and last week of work, when I would think like that, I almost, like, towards the end of the day, I could not recall what it was that was bugging me earlier on in the day. Uh So, it's like you got to mentally restructure your thoughts Mm -hmm. and emotions Mm -hmm. so that you can get over things. And it's taken me 28 years. Remember, you've always said... Girl, I'm almost 51. (laughs) But you've always said, like, you got to learn to just... Let it go. Not get over it. Because I hate that term, get over it. You got to let it go. Let it go. Drop it. Years ago, somebody told me, you got to leave it at the door. Yeah. Don't bring it in. Mm -hmm. And an analogy that Woody uses all the time, since we first started dating, and he would be like, oh my gosh, you're venting a lot. Like, what is going on? Uh He's like, you need to... Okay, I'm about to cuss, so... Stop listening, Grandma. Turn the volume down if you have kids in the car. But basically, he would say, leave the shit poncho at the door before leaving work. Like, Mm -hmm. as soon as you open that front door, walking out to your car, you leave that shit poncho at the door. Mm -hmm. And then when you come in... You can put it right back on. Carry it back in. Because (laughs) that poncho is to let things slap against the poncho so that you can take it off at the end of the day. And leave it. And leave it behind. And and when I first heard that term, like, leave it at the door, I was like, how do I do that? I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. But in this book, you learn. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Just restructuring your your thoughts. So um, I'm going to go into... Things that can help you get out of that pity party. Because there's so much change that has to go along with restructuring your mental thoughts and emotions. Um, It says if you never take a step in the right direction, you'll stay right where you are. And before this book, I felt like I was just stuck. On the I was like, how do I like, where do you start? And this book is really helpful. Okay. Another thing that maybe if someone in your life is kind of struggling with this, um, feeling sorry for ourselves often stems from a lack of confidence in our ability to handle problems. So we're kind of just like trying to escape responsibilities and not wanting to deal with the real problem, which is bettering our minds. I think that along with that, when you start complaining about something... Or mm-hmm. like making your small little problem a bigger problem than it is. The more people that listen, the more people that give you sympathy, the more you get hooked on that. Yeah, you get hooked on that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that people, I have had friendships through the years or pe- worked with people and I just think like, how can this much be ro- going wrong? Like yeah. you have serious bad luck. But it's not that. It's that they bring it on themselves almost mm-hmm. because you're constantly complaining about everything. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I always throw back to not making good choices at the time at you know at the same time Mm -hmm. but a good way that she says that you can that can like help you get started is create a list of good things that have happened to you in your life oh i I feel like maybe not being 
like blind to problems, but looking at how much you're blessed can really help about you kind of ground yourself, get get you out of that rut, ground yourself and start new. Start onto a new path, a positive path. That sounds really good. Going back to I've worked so hard. Like, what did I do to deserve this? Pity party. Yeah. Or I deserve so much more. So she said like a response is, I de- like I said, is like I deserve better. A better response is I have more than I deserve, mm-hmm. which is I a think huge we all do. emotional. Like if that sentence doesn't affect you, keep saying it. Over and over. Keep and saying think about it. it and feel it. Feel those words because it's so heavy. Just think about it. And that starts your gratitude. And honestly, that's like the whole chapter is learning to be grateful, be grateful for what you have. And a gratitude list, I hear that over and over and again, that that will physically change your life. So when I was struggling with my career, my friend came over and gave me a self-care package. And I literally like wanted to cry. It was so sweet. That's she, the most thoughtful thing you could do. Oh, yeah. She gave me a self-care planner. So I like plan out any triggers that could be stressful for the week. And then I write down how I'm going to mentally, emotionally, and spiritually plan out how to, if anything affects me, go back to that list. She also gave me affirmation cards. I love those. I used to have a calendar on my desk and every day was one of those. Oh, I love it. So today I believe, today I will see the miracles and love surrounding me. I love it. So I read one of those each day. Honestly, a lot of people, after reading this first chapter, a lot of people were like, you seem different. Mm. And I'm like, they're already seeing because it. Because I'm reading this book. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on to chapter two. So moving on to chapter two is don't give away your power. I love this one. This is my favorite chapter. This one, I, I, I again, I'm going to say that I have the audio, not the book, I because I love listening to podcasts yeah. and audio in my car. Um, I love this chapter. <laughs> I listened to it twice, I will tell you, because I just think it, um, one of the giveaways from the last chapter that I didn't add was a uh, wasted energy complaining you waste your energy Mm -hmm. complaining so uh, when you give away your power you become completely dependent upon other people and external circumstances to regulate your emotions think about that when you give away your power other people are in charge of you yeah they're in charge of your mental like your thoughts yes your feelings by this is what I say when somebody says something to you and you Mm -hmm. carry that with you Mm -hmm. and you talk to one person about it and Mm -hmm. then you go somewhere else and you talk to that person about it Mm -hmm. and then you go home and you talk to your spouse about it Mm -hmm. who has the power there the person that said it the minute that they say what they say to you and turn around and walk away they've left it they dropped it right there like Mm -hmm. a bomb okay and you continue to carry it Mm -hmm. or we continue to carry it and that is giving away your power when you let other people define your self-worth you will never feel worthy enough Mm -hmm. when you let other people define your self-worth you will never feel worthy enough so crazy yeah and you hear that all the time in like relationships where i'm sorry to say but women are always saying well you don't make me feel like i'm good enough or i'm not enough that's well, not their job yeah you're giving them that much power um another thing that she said was um, you become a passenger in your own life instead of the driver that hit me so hard read it again you become a passenger in your life instead of the driver. Yeah, I think I highlighted that because I was like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, I've never heard that before. And that is huge. When you allow like one one comment, you know, we've talked about before cyber bullies and trolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so like what one person says is truth. No. Yeah. 
I'm not giving them the power mm-hmm. to change I me. I mean, that takes a long time to like not let people's words be true. That's just like comes with confidence. Mm-hmm. You have to work on that mental strength. It's like um the the bully. I in think high because school. we don't think people are that mean Uh, because we don't think that way yeah and that is the biggest thing the biggest mistake you can do is think how other people should act with your brain yeah because they're not you they don't think that way Mm -hmm. and you can't change them and thinking that you can change them is again giving away your power Mm -hmm. because none of your business what people think about you Mm -hmm. so what you have to do is you have to set boundaries the story in this chapter is about a woman and she's having issues with her mother-in-law my gosh i love this story Mm -hmm. i don't have this problem but oh my gosh it is it is to an extreme the story is to the extreme where the mother-in-law is completely crossing the line. Well, it's the like typical sitcom mother-in-law. It was like a TV show watching yeah. this story. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. But she was constantly talking about it everywhere she yeah. went. She talked about it. And and mother-in-law over here, I'm sure, didn't have a second. She yeah. probably didn't remember half the time what she said. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I never said that. Yeah. And it, that probably drove the girl even more yeah, crazy yeah. because she's like, oh, I think about it all day long. Yeah. She gave away her power. Yeah. So she has to learn to set boundaries. Like we have to set boundaries in life and you have to reframe your language. Like when you say, my boss makes me so mad. How did your boss make you so bad? Like he's make- not forcing you to yeah. be mad. Yeah. You're choosing to be mad because of something he did. Yeah. Which he once again walks in, drops a bomb, walks away. And then you carry it with you because you all day long are mad at what he did or said. Mm-hmm. That one really like was close to me because I'm like, I, some people might think like I mean when I'm joking, but I don't see that. And so when they bring it up, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was not what I meant. We've talked about that before. Yeah. That it, the intent. Yes. We think something might be being funny mm-hmm. and it could be. And, and I did hear that about me from childhood friends that I was, that, that said I was mean. I wasn't mean. <laughs> I mean, I was funny. <laughs> see do you see i yeah. think that's funny they probably carried it with them for a lot of years yeah thinking that i said something mean to them mm-hmm. but i thought it was just teasing or funny which teasing could be very hurtful mm-hmm. to certain people yeah um another thing that she said oh my gosh this is another huge thing and i think being a personality in social media is really you really 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 have to listen to this just because one person thinks something it does not make it true. So that's their opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth. It's It might be what they think, but we instantly take criticism as truth mm-hmm. and um, think before you react. Yes, I have a struggle with that. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I think once you use your tools and you're not reacting, you know, that it will become easier and easier. You can respectfully choose to disagree and move on without devoting time and energy into trying to change the other person's mind, which I felt like I was like, well, I don't understand because da, 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 da. like I always felt like people would think that I'm arguing when I'm trying to change the way they think about something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, why do I care? Why am I putting so much of my energy? when maybe they're never going to change their mind and it's not your business that's not your business (laughs) it's hard and that's why i'm reading this book because i mean we'll go into chapter four but 
Okay, so one of the things from that chapter, which I was like, oh my gosh, I need this because I carry a lot of things with me or in the last month, I'm slowly learning to like not carry it with me. But before it was just like so stressful. And when everyone started asking me like, you seem different. Um, So this part in the book, she says, simply reminding yourself that you have a choice in everything you do, think and feel can be very freeing. So choosing to not react, Choosing to be like, oh, that's just that person. Mm -hmm. Gives you the power. Keeps your power within you. Like a lot of times when someone recently has been like saying or being critical, saying mean things, and maybe they're joking, but I don't understand their humor. I felt, you know, like when you feel your blood boil, like start to boil and Uh you're like, wait. And I immediately was like, this isn't, he wants a reaction out of me. Uh-huh. He, that's what he wants. That's why he said that. Uh-huh. I'm not giving him my power in reacting. So because you're in the driver's seat. I'm going to smile, nod my head, say okay, and then walk away. And I then got a reaction from him saying, you seem different. That's because I have my power back. Yes. Very good. And it was amazing. It's an amazing, amazing feeling. Okay, chapter three. They don't shy away from change. So this I This wasn't really, my favorite chapter. I didn't relate to this, but no. I'm gonna go over the checklist. Of course we're not gonna read the whole book to you guys. We want yeah. you guys to order the book and get it, but we're just gonna go over a few things that s- stood out to us. Yeah. Um, So the checklist really helped me, again, decide is this a chapter that I can relate to or not? Or maybe something that I see, like as I'm reading, do I see a certain person that could probably use this book? Many people shy away from making changes that can drastically improve their life. Um, So you tend to justify a bad habit by convincing yourself what you're doing isn't that bad. I think a lot of people do that. Well, it's not that bad. You're like, you know, oh, you know, you should really not eat ice cream. But I only eat it like every night. Just kidding. Every other night. And I only have a small bowl. And I. Yeah, you're trying to justify every little. That you actually know is wrong. Do they? Because I know. a few people like this that it doesn't matter what you talk about or suggest i want to say tell them they need to change that's or give them advice no it's usually people who are asking us about oh you look so thin like what's what's, what's your secret or what do you do like well, oh you must eat so healthy and we're this like, is gonna be sidetracked for a minute they usually say you're so lucky and i say <laughs> no i know i was lucky when i was in my 20s with like Brittany. Yeah. okay but it's called sacrifice <laughs> and yeah. hard work, but sorry, I went on a tangent. Go ahead. Uh, you experience a lot of anxiety about changes to your routine, which I marked because, well, not so much in my early 20s. Oh my gosh. Do you remember if something would change in my routine? I would freak out. Well, I, I will say, and, and when, when you brought up the subject of this chapter, most people are afraid of change and that's why the pandemic oh, yeah, worked out. Uh, People do not like change. Yeah. Even when a fast food restaurant changes their colors, people usually freak out. When McDonald's first took away their arches, people freaked out. You know, it's like they got rid of their arches. Yeah, they don't. Well, they modernized their. They used to have arches out in the front of every McDonald's. Oh, okay. Yeah, people don't like change. I'm starting to embrace change a little bit more and more and more. But I'm like, when I'm gone, this is going to be normal. This one change that's happening in my lifetime will eventually be normal. Yes. Like it will be. They weird won't remember that it was, before. Yeah. So you always have to think about that. So just. 
be open for change. Yes. It could be good. So the next one is even when you're in a bad situation, you worry that making a change might make things worse. Whenever you attempt to make a change, you struggle to stick with it. When your boss, family, or friends make changes that affect you, it's difficult for you to adapt, which I mark. You think a lot about making changes but put off doing anything different until later i marked that um just because i'm like okay um yeah i'll make that change but then i put it off put it off okay finally i'll just do it you worry that any changes you make aren't likely to last the thought of stepping outside your comfort zone just seems too scary you lack the motivation to create positive change because it's too hard you make excuses for why you can't change like i'd like to exercise more but my spouse doesn't want to go with me that statement mm-hmm. is very codependency yeah that's a red flag <laughs> You have difficulty recalling the last time you purposely tried to challenge yourself to become better. You hesitate to do anything new because it just seems like too big of a commitment. She kind of talks like me like when she's saying like, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you I should hear her it. voice. Oh, would I like it? She's the reader. Oh, she is? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, I love that. So she goes into different types of change, the five stages of change. Um, but I'm just going to pull out some things that like really stuck with me. So part of change is you're worried about something else getting worse. And I feel like that's typically, I don't want to get into politics, but when things were becoming politically correct, it became this whole huge conversation that um, we're too worried about hurting people's feelings, which I agree. Like we should all be able to feel comfortable about saying something that shouldn't actually hurt people's feelings. And so being like politically correct became this huge like, because that if that was a change, then we have to tiptoe around people which then is going to make things worse instead of just considering like, okay, the way we talk to each other 20, 30, 40 years ago is very aggressive. The way people parented way back when was a very tough love and actually no one realized it was making us worse and where people in my generation who are raising kids are considering the kids' feelings and making sure that They are being heard and being around more because a kid who has a parent that is present is more likely to succeed like those statistics. And we need to think of, okay, well, what's the what's something that can be positive with this change? Okay, so the problem with shying away from change is remaining stagnant. So you're kind of just like stuck in your ways. And we all know people that are stuck in their ways Mm. and you kind of just they're they end up being very lonely individuals so incorporating change in your life will get you away from feeling like you're stuck in a rut which becomes very depressing Mm -hmm. so if you feel like gosh i feel like i'm just like stuck change something one little change could probably get you out of that little depression bubble Mm -hmm. so another thing that we don't think about about change is we're not expanding and learning um so can you imagine if social media came out and the people that decided not to join it they're now left in the dust they have no idea what's going on and they're completely in the dark most of us i mean this is not a good way of thinking about it but it's sometimes being a follower can help you so if i would have never started an instagram or started social media which I went to school for fashion and business because I wanted to start my own fashion line. 
um, and be a, like a businesswoman. But mm-hmm. if I had never immersed myself in social media and looked and seen what influencers are doing, um, how fun creating content could be, my life right now would be completely different. Right. I would probably be stuck at a sewing machine or um, stuck in long meetings, working weekends. But now well, I every feel decision free. That you make. Yeah. Yeah. Every decision you make. There's a positive silver lining to it and you might not see it, but. Well, this is what I'm going to say. The person that commented has commented on all of our mm-hmm. episodes. Love feedback. Please give us more feedback. And um, ordered the book. She's going to start reading the book. She was trapped in her life uh-huh. okay and it just was the same thing over and over and she tried to fix it and she tried to you know she made a huge change in her life huge leap of faith at her age and it has dramatically changed her life for the better mm-hmm. it's like watching her live is just like i'm so proud and it's like wow what guts you had to make that change in your life take a leap of faith learn something new get a new job live in a new state so that goes into wrapping up this chapter so the best way to incorporate change in your life is trying something new for one week starting small Usually oh, after good. seven days, you will know if you like it or don't That's good like advice. It. So starting small. And that's a lot of this book is don't look at the finish line. Look at, okay, what's that first today, this week, half a mile, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's start there instead of thinking about 26 miles for a marathon. And I think people think if they change or if they make a decision that they're stuck with it and you're not. Yeah. So another tip is to evaluate your progress during that first time of trying something new and seeing is it is it motivating you or is it something that's just not not it for you then then you know you just gotta like evaluate all of it um so pay attention to the emotions that are influencing your decisions as well emotions um will really we all have those times of the month where our emotions aren't actually our emotions they're just uh, hormones hormones yep um so like pay attention to how you're feeling how certain things make you feel and that can be the indicator of what needs to be changed Mm -hmm. don't allow your emotions to make the final decision though that is true and they say when you are in recovery or when you've just had a traumatic life event to not make any serious decisions Mm -hmm. when you're ready to start that behavior right then and there clearly identify the type of person you'd like to be when i was taking public speaking classes in college and i got the best advice which was what type of public speaker do you want to be and i always thought okay who speaks very confidently and this is a long time ago so my answer was kim kardashian oh she walks into a room like no big deal. And you know that's not actually how she is. No. She walks in with, okay, it looks like she walks in with all of this confidence that whether it was five people or 5,000 people, it did not bother her. And, and she's not like that. Yeah. But that behavior, she put that persona mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So I then put that type of persona uh-huh. on. Walk in with confidence and it will follow. If you walk in scared and timid, that's going to carry on through your speech or through your whatever. So you have to walk in with confidence. Yeah. So I think like 
a lot of people are looking for confidence after the last two years. We had very much, too much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so that affects our confidence levels. And yeah. so we're trying to work on that again. So finding that one person that you think in life is your true I mean, it doesn't even need to be an exact person it's just like write down who you would like to be oh and yeah. make those changes mm-hmm. like okay when it, i want to be more confident around a large group of people anybody that you you write think. down that person yeah. okay so they walk into a room they smile they're assertive that's how i when i meet new people if I don't go up to them right away, I will be like... The more you put it off, shaking. the more you put it off. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I always am like, okay, out of the comfort zone and then you'll feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it gets easier and easier each time you do it. Yeah. yeah. And I I did that speaking event for FITM, um a year after my master's program. And I had like 200 people staring at me while I'm being asked questions, which they prepped me on the questions. So that's like... If I I wanted to work on public speaking and kind of being an advocate for FITM. Uh, so they asked me to speak at it and I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm just going to do it. So Push yourself. I said yes. Out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Out of my comfort zone. Because once you say yes, yeah, it's scary, but it's like, okay, well now I have to do it. Right. Um, and that's kind of like a personal achievement. You're like, okay, and we're working towards something that can grow us. So then the best way to be a good public speaker is talking out what you're going to say. Don't write it down. Although writing down helps, but she had questions prepared for me and she interviewed me over the phone like days before the event. So I had, I was fresh in mind of what I was going to talk about. Um, and then I got there. I tried to sit as close to her as possible, but I ended up being the furthest chair away from her because there was four of us. So that like immediately was scary. But another thing to, and this is crazy and most people would be like, how does this make you feel comfortable? I feel like if I focus on a face as I'm talking in in the crowd, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. public speaking, I feel like, okay, I'm talking to you. This is not that big of a deal. I'm talking to you now. This is not a big deal. I'm not looking at everyone because that will make you more nervous. Okay. So picking one person and saying one uh, a couple sentences and then picking out another person, that comes off as so so much confidence yes. in what you're saying and i learned that from kim kardashian right well um, eye, eye contact is huge yes yeah. so at the end of that public speaking event so many people came up to me and like were like i have this one company that would love to have you like so many job opportunities came mm-hmm. up to me um one of them was being an advisor for FITM in the San Diego area and going to different high schools. Oh, and yeah, recruiting. and the speech, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not something I was interested in doing, but the fact that people saw how confident I was speaking in that event and they wanted me to then go to s- people that are younger than me and help them change their lives, like how my life was changed with FITM. And so it was like this so one big. event has changed your life. Oh, yeah. 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 So, That's, so if you need to pivot your life, read chapter three. And here we come on. <laughs> well, I, I'll say this is this was my first favorite, of course, because it's por- before five. Five is me. Four is her. We'll get to five someday. If you really want to know the type of person I am, read chapter four. <laughs> it is me. Don't focus on things you can't control. Do I need to read that again? Yes. <laughs> Don't focus on things you can't control. 
Can I show you my checklist? Oh, wow. You highlighted the whole entire book. <laughs> Just that whole When I was pages. listening to this, I was like, I was driving and I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I stopped, pulled over, paused, text you immediately and yeah. said, you need to read chapter four now. Yeah. Okay. I'll read it tonight. Yeah. I'm like, chapter four is so you. I, I, I just. I actually read it today, even though you texted me two days ago, because I was still on chapter three. Oh, and you wouldn't finish before you went to four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So trying to control everything usually starts out as a way to manage anxiety. If you have everything under control, what's to worry about? Instead of managing your anxiety, you try controlling your environment. So in this, when she's talking about, I'll go back to the anxiety thing. But the huge thing that stood out to me was when you try to do everything yourself because you cannot trust someone else to do it right. Okay, this that is me. A hundred percent. But it's not that I don't trust them with their like ability. It's I want it done my way. So it's easier to not come across bossy if I just do it myself. I'd rather them still like me That's and me get frustrated okay. with them. Hold and on just, just do a minute. It. Hold on just a minute. You just sounded like something we talked about in chapter two. <laughs> okay. You don't know in your conscious mind that you're doing this because you don't trust people. But you have, in fact, told me before the reason like you delegate so much to me <laughs> is because I'm the only person you can trust to do it the way you want it. Correct? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't think you're aware of the reason that you do it. But you even do it with your husband and, and your mom. Yeah. There's some things that you, I'll just do it. I'm not discriminating. And, <laughs> and I'm not beating you up because, listen, you know what I say? It's just easier for me to do it than explain it. Yeah. You know what that means? I can't trust you to listen to what I'm saying and do it the way I want it. Or it's like, I know you don't care, so I'm just going to do it. No one's going to put the same heart into it that yeah. I'm going to put into it. Yes. These are all excuses. Bad excuses. Very unhealthy excuses. I know. <laughs> and I've always, my whole life, just said it's so much easier. And and I've gotten better about it because I have my sisters that, that mm -hmm. help. They help in the way, and I think it's because we've done so much together like this. Yeah. They help in the way that I need help. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? They understand what it's going to take to help when you. When they come in to help me with something and I come over and start to explain it, they go, sister, go, we got this. <laughs> I love them. And we do the same thing. Do you want to do a shout out? Robin and Kelly? Yeah, I love them. It's the three of us. And we have done funerals for each other birthdays for each other i mean not our funerals <laughs> <laughs> obviously when it just came out of my mouth i was like so we've kelly and i have both lost parents and we have so robin and i stepped in yeah when robin needed something her boys were going away both of her her boys were in in the military we're there yeah it's like when you're having a party and somebody comes over or even messages you or calls you before what can i do what can i bring uh, i don't know i I always say, I don't, nothing, just bring yourself or I don't know. No, I delegate that stuff. <laughs> and I know that when I'm going to somebody's house or somebody's party, when I call or text or whatever and say, what can I bring? I truly mean I want to bring something. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, I'm just not saying it. So when somebody asks me that, I should give them something. Yeah. 
release something and give it to them you yeah. know i learned that from you because i witnessed you doing that and i was like oh wow she's letting people bring food that she might not actually like to a party that she's hosting mm-hmm. okay well why do we care so much i'm not you can you don't like, need to do it all and, and yeah. you know what i've found is it's kind of selfish controlling not caring it, it's Sorry. selfish to people if people offer they want to bring something mm-hmm. now you don't want to have a party and then call everybody and tell them what they're bringing <laughs> Okay, let them ask. This isn't first. a potluck. This isn't a potluck because I've been at parties like that too, and it's like none of the food it's your goes birthday. together. It's your birthday, and we're all bringing something. Which, hey, if that's your thing, that's cool. But it's weird to me. That's like Thanksgiving. But I understand I like the control thing. Yeah. But there's a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. And yours a lot is perfectionism. Yes. Where did I get the perfectionism? Well, Disney movies. Just kidding. I'm not going to be that person. As you get older, I will tell you, as you get older, that drops little by little. Like, I can remember wanting things to be perfect. And, and you know, I mean, you probably don't know. But I always did everything myself. Yeah. Well, um, I always have had a vision. Yes. And so I felt like, okay, people, I can't communicate my vision because I feel like if I communicate, you're still not going to understand. So it's better if I just do it. Mm-hmm. It's like every party that you you've ever had that I've ever thrown for you I'll say yeah you've always said at the end when you see everything done like this is my vision this is my exact vision to life brought to life which my sisters have helped me with all of them yeah um like my bridal shower was they understand the vision amazing (laughs) yeah they and that was another thing I was in there trying to fiddle around and they said sister get out of here we got this and I was like go sit down you know you're the mother of the bride go sit down (laughs) this is a big chapter like, well, I felt like each sentence I was reading, I was like, oh, my God, you you would get get getting back to it. You you would get upset, frustrated, stressed out things that you can't control. You can't control that. Why are you worrying about that? Yeah, you can't, you know, trying to fix everything. It's called the Superman complex. I know. Oh, my gosh. I highlighted that. And I was like, was that <gasps> huge when she? Oh, said my gosh. There's like, no name to it. Yes. So as I'm going through this, then I start to hear a little bit about me. We do everything ourselves because we don't trust other people's capabilities. And I excuse that by saying it's just easier for me to do it than to explain it. You know, and yours is I have a vision. Yeah. Um, efforts to manage your anxiety by controlling your environment will, will backfire, will always backfire. Trying to maintain complete control leads to increased anxiety. Which is funny because you're trying to control things that so that they don't go wrong or control them so that they go a certain way. And you're just building your anxiety. And you're literally anxiety. making your anxiety work. You're literally causing more problems. And then you can't enjoy your party. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's oh like... Oh my gosh. It's funny because you know where you probably get this? One of your grandmas. Because what does she say? What does she say to you when you say you have a vision for your parties? Oh, Brittany. No, she says. She usually says this. She says, <laughs> she says, if you want to have a party a certain way, you got to throw it for yourself. Yes. That's the only way to make it the way you want it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe that's where I got that's it. Where, that's where we get it. She said it, gosh, she said it this year. And I was like. Was it at her birthday uh, party she said that or at grandpa's? Grandpa's birthday. Grandpa's in party. In July. Yeah. And I was like, Wait, what did you just say? Because <laughs> we were talking about you always have the greatest parties. Everything's always done when yeah, we arrive. You always. So my grandma's like this. Ultimate party. Martha thrower. Stewart, Oprah, amazing woman. 
Yes. Like, has the best advice. She can make anything, sew anything. She, she yeah. Any, you think of something or you say something, she has she, it made the next week. Yes. So, I always, I mean, she taught me how to sew, and that's when I fell in love with fashion. Mm. Anytime she threw a party, whether it was a holiday party or someone's birthday or a party she just did because. It all. She, like, it was planned to a T. Like, there was every type of appetizer you could ever think of. And when I was building my registry, I was like, I want to be like grandma and have the best party platters on our registry. Oh, I have a cup for registry. that. I have a platter for that. I yeah. Have a, I have a fork for that. Yeah. Every time someone would bring something over, even though she had the food covered, people still brought food and she had something to put that food on. And I was like, that's going to be me. If you want a martini, I got a martini glass. If you want a margarita, I got a margarita glass. If you like anything. I wanted to be able to have it. And that's definitely where I get my perfectionism. Because okay. it was always perfect. We went out, loved it. off on a tangent there. Um, so you, what you want to do is you want to focus on what you can control. First of all, you have to figure out like what is out of my control that I'm worrying about or trying to control. So the things that you can control yourself, your emotions, your behavior, your reactions. You can't control what other people are going to do or say but you can control how you react to them. So I do have to say there's one part that like really hit home was when you notice yourself trying to control something that you can't ask yourself, what am I so afraid of? That hit you? I never thought of that. Like, wh- okay, what why could possibly am I go wanting wrong? to control what, it? Yeah. What, what, what's, uh, what's making me so afraid that I need to control it? Uh, worry, your worry, your yeah. anxiety, you're worrying about it because you yeah. have anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So identifying what so it's you think that it's going to be easier for you to keep everything close, to control everything. Mm-hmm. If you have the strings to everything, you won't be anxious. And it's it's giving yourself more work. Yeah. Just like when you try to do everything at a party without allowing your friends to help. Mm-hmm. It's causing you way too much worry, way too much work, and you're not going to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, this chapter is just so good. There's too much to talk about. But I'm glad that it hit you. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think, I think everybody, I think everybody can get something out of this because I'm listening to the audible and I listen to it while I'm driving. I was listening to this chapter and I was everything that she was saying. I was going, oh my gosh, Brittany. Oh my gosh, Brittany. Oh my gosh. I do that. Okay. Oh my gosh, Brittany. And then she's talking, talking, talking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so me. <sighs> and I pushed a button and I was in chapter five. Okay. And it so- was weird because at the beginning of chapter four, while she was mm-hmm. talking, I could hear Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. And, and she keeps talking, keeps talking. And all of a sudden I hear me, me, me. And I'm like, I do that. I feel that. I think that. Did you read the part about the locust? Yes. Internal okay. So there's locus? an internal and there's an external or there's a by. Yeah. Which is. I think that's what we are. Is you the, do? Okay. Read it. Okay. So the lo- locus of control. So the external locus of control believe that their lives depend highly on fate, luck, and destiny. I don't believe in that. I am definitely internal locus, which is the internal locus of control believe they have complete control over their f- their future. No, Take this, full this is- responsibility for their success and failures in life. They believe they have the ability to control everything from their financial future to their health. That which is, is so crazy. you. 100% you. I know. Okay. And then the... There's one more. 
Those who strike the right balance of control, recognizing how their behaviors can affect their changes of success, but they also identify how external factors, such as being in the right place at the right time, can play a role. This is called bilocus of control, as opposed to a complex internal or external. That's me. You believe in uh, the right place at the right time? Mm-hmm. A, a little bit. A little, I, I think it's a little bit of everything. It's a Would little bit of go, what you do. It's a little bit of how you avoid. It's yeah. a little bit of... Would that go along with believing in timing? Yes. Okay. Destiny. So then maybe... But see... You have to be in the right place at the right... I do think that weird, some things happen planned. because... You, I, I understand that. Okay. God's plan... Everything is already planned out. Yeah. We're just kind of floating through. Um, but I really believe in timing. So do I. Good and bad. Yeah. You When you think about the Twin Towers and how many people missed their alarm clocks, missed their bus, yeah. uh, had to stop for something, you know, and missed their planes that day. There, last week, there was a terrible crash on the freeway on my way to work. Like, three cars were smashed. Um, there was a windshield on the ground that I had to drive over because I, like... There was, no, there was way no way of, there was so many car parts all mm-hmm. over the freeway mm-hmm. and the cops hadn't arrived yet to help. Um, but I just thought I was late. I was 10 minutes late mm-hmm. to work and I was like, whoa. See, so it's a combination. It's not fully, when when it comes knocking at my door, it comes knocking at my door. That's yeah. not the way life works, You're not works, waiting buddy. for it to happen. Uh, yes. I'm not waiting for life to happen to me or it's not like something good is going to drop in my lap someday. Um I do believe you have to work hard. Mm-hmm. I think you should do whatever job you have, no matter if it's sweeping streets or whatever it is, to 110%. But I also believe you meet the right people. You're in the right place at the right time. I, I don't think it's like this mystical thing. I think it's God. But that ma- that's where I'm both. Yeah. Well, I believe in timing as well. <gasps> I mean, and what time is it? Time to wrap it up. Wrap <laughs> it up. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to say um, this book is so good. I had to put it down after chapter four because I was like, I'm going to just keep reading. Um, but I kind of wish I had the audible as well so that I can like follow through and read a little bit faster because I am a slow reader. Um, but I don't think reading more will change that. I think my brain just processes slower. No. And I think that uh, you're soaking it in. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm able to stop and reread it and be like, whoa. That's impactful. Um, so again, this chapter really opened my eyes to then digest the first three where I can see. Exactly. It's, 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 and I think that's why I went back and re-listened to a few chapters Mm -hmm. is because it was like, oh, that makes so much sense what I read in one. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of all correlate. Mm -hmm. I think, I think you can take away something from every single chapter, of course, but more one chapter or another will relate. I'm really excited to get through the whole book, but Mm -hmm. one chapter over another will relate to you. Good. I'm really glad that you brought this book into my life and uh, um, we'll post it with a link. And I will tell you that I did do a little, every time I do anything, I research a little bit. There's two more. Okay. There is another one. It's on the back of this book and it's called 13 things mentally strong parents don't do, which I think I'm going to need that book when my kids are teenagers and I'm going to be like, "Ah!" (laughs) I think it's a, it's a, I think, I mean, I'm going to check it out first, but I think it'd be a really good baby gift for people. Who are you starting think that out. early? That's when you're starting to develop your children, my dear. Oh, and, when they're like infants? Um, there's also uh, mentally strong women. <gasps> I know! Okay, I have another book, but I'm going to share it with you privately because I don't want to confuse anyone. Um, 
and you have to read this book. I okay. cannot wait. I'm bringing it on the plane to Oregon if okay, they don't good. cancel my flight. Uh, if not, we'll I'm pray. reading this over the weekend. All right. So the next episode after this one, we're going to be talking about chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven, and chapter eight. So there's going to be two more episodes of this book. Give us some feedback on this episode. Yeah. Of how you feel. If this is something that you're not interested in or if you're getting a lot about this. I mean, honestly, give us some feedback. Yeah. Just because like, I feel like I'm like, oh, this is three of our episodes going into one book. Mm-hmm. But I, I myself don't like, you know, book of the month club where you have to read the whole book and then you talk about it. I want to focus on things that I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. So little snippets. We know everybody's gonna, not going to find an interest in every single episode that we do, yeah. but, but we are going to go through this book. So give us your feedback on if we need to speed it up, slow it down, highlight less, highlight more, whatever. Other than that. Thank you guys for listening to this full podcast. Um, we're excited to finish reading this book with you um, and talking more about it. Uh, leave some comments or DMs on our Instagram at Sutherland Girls. We have a TikTok as well at Sutherland Girls. And we are soon going to have a website mm-hmm. that we will feature books, fashion, anything any that we type of item about. we talk about yes. yeah we're just gonna feature it it's gonna be like our podcast blog so that you can just easily click and shop or whatever you want to do again we highly 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 recommend this book whether you listen to this podcast or the next two it has changed my life so dramatically and i'm so excited that i started this book i will just say year. that when you started reading this book it was a dramatic change for me you saw that mm-hmm. i saw it yeah i feel so much more happier i feel so much more free in control and in control and well i don't want to say in control i want to say con- in, in the driver's con- seat yeah i would okay <laughs> i would say i'm in more control over my thoughts and emotions and behaviors very good not totally like in control of no. life drop it's- the mic that was perfect drop the mic okay uh, okay bye I feel like I'm losing you with this chapter. Um, I I did lose interest in this chapter because it it just didn't relate to me. I don't know if you can hear. She said it couldn't relate to her. Yeah, you you're not holding the mic. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm over here just like blah 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 blah. This is what I heard. This is what I heard. (laughs) anybody that's ever watched the peanuts yeah shows knows what i'm talking about oh my gosh ask rewind when you notice yourself driving uh action and cut action (laughs) let me just find the freaking page i can't find anything (laughs) thought i thought i highlighted superman i guess i didn't okay All right. Um, Other than that, wow, mom.